Welcome to the MHI Cast, the show where we talk to the industry's best minds to uncover their supply chain stories. We explore real-world case studies and get unique perspectives on key trends and emerging technologies from every corner of the material handling, logistics, and supply chain space. Hello and welcome to MHI Cast. Today we're super excited to be talking about the Next Gen Supply Chain Update series. If you're not familiar with that series, it's an annual collection of videos based on the key takeaways from our annual report. In 2021, we're actually on our eighth report, and the theme this year is innovation-driven resilience. 2020 was a year of severe disruption. We all know that. Uh, So in addition to tracking the adoption rates of emerging technologies, the report covers how companies are responding, recovering, and, and thriving in the face of that disruption. The, the first part of the report and, and the series as a whole is broken into three segments. And those three segments are innovation-driven response, innovation-driven recovery, and innovation-driven thrive. And here today with us to talk about all three of these categories are Thomas Boykin from Deloitte, Annette Danik-Aki from Penguin Random House, and of course, Dr. Randy Bradley from the University of Tennessee. Thank you to the three of you for being with us. Uh, You know, one of the themes, one big theme throughout the report was that the pandemic accelerated the adoption of the emerging technologies that MHI and Deloitte have been tracking for the past eight years. Uh, Thomas, can you tell us a bit more about that? Survey respondents continue to believe that these innovations that we covered by the survey have the potential to disrupt supply chain and or give them the ability to create competitive advantage in the marketplace. Indeed, because these technologies are growing so much in adoption, respondents are beginning to see some of them as table stakes. Because of that and the supply chain vulnerabilities revealed by the recent pandemic, many companies are dramatically accelerating investment in these innovations. Nearly half of survey respondents say they are increasing investments during the recover and thrive phases post-COVID. So how much are companies investing due to COVID-19? The survey revealed that 45% of respondents plan to spend at least a million dollars on these supply chain technologies in the next two years. And of those, an impressive 12% plan to spend over $10 million in the same time period. From the beginning, we also sought to gauge and understand the challenges that companies face across their supply chains. So what kinds of solutions and strategies are these respondents spending on? A key theme we hope readers will take away from this year's report is that companies that embrace innovations and digital technologies can, one, respond more quickly and effectively to the immediate challenges posed by disruption, two, recover faster than their peers, and three, create sustainable competitive advantage that enables them to thrive in the post-pandemic world. Survey respondents reported several strategies they are currently implementing to to help them respond, recover, and thrive. First, 45% say they are implementing flexible manufacturing and supply chain operations. 43% are building longer-term business relationships with fewer suppliers. 37% are diversifying their geographic supply base, and 37% are regionalizing their supply chain and beginning to hold more safety stock in the field. In terms of actions, companies are taking the following actions to prepare 
for future disruption in the next 10 years. 48% say they are partnering with vendors. 42% are piloting new technologies. 39% are increasing innovation and tech investments. 37% are recruiting for different skill sets to align with future needs. 33% are creating a culture of innovation. And finally, 30% are reskilling and training workers for emerging technologies. Okay, Dr. Bradley, this one's for you. What do you think of this uptick in the digital investments in particular? Are, are these respondents making the right call in your opinion? There are really sort of two thoughts that I have with respect to this. One is I'm encouraged by the fact that we continue to see a tremendous uptick in the investment in these technologies and, and the emerging approaches. But the other part of it is, is I'm a bit concerned by it. And so I'll start with the part that really has me encouraged. The encouraging thing is, is starting to demonstrate that organizations are becoming aware that in order to advance your supply chain capabilities, you're going to have to be able to invest in the infrastructure that supports supply chain operations, whether we're talking locally or domestically or whether we're talking globally. Now, the concerning part is this. I wonder because of what I'll consider to be this rash adoption on the part of some, but not necessarily on the part of all, has me wondering, are we, when we view this digital transformation, are we really viewing digital as technology only or as mainly technology? Because if so, that's a fallacy. And that's a fallacy that's going to end in results that are not necessarily going to be beneficial in the long term. I always like to try to stress the fact that this, that a too early investment can be just as detrimental to your digital journey as a too late investment. And so it begs the question of are organizations taking the step to ensure that there is a readiness within the organization from a cultural standpoint and also from a human capital standpoint? Are we ready to embrace the digital in which we're investing? But nevertheless, I do remain encouraged. And I think that's why MHI and Deloitte doing this work uh, creates a great platform to help those organizations navigate that chasm, if you will. You know, one trend covered in the report was that operators needed to increase their focus on forecasting and inventory planning in order to respond to the issues that arose from the pandemic. Uh, Dr. Bradley, do you think that this will position these companies to thrive moving forward? One of the things that I immediately thought about when I saw sort of this this focus and we're seeing that increased attention on forecasting with respect to the challenges is a few years back when we did this study, one of the things we were positioned as the always on digital supply chain. And we talked about sort of these 10 attributes of that. And with respect to those, one of those attributes was forward looking analytics or, or really this ability to respond to prompts and triggers before those prompts and triggers truly have a have an opportunity to be to, to manifest or before someone can articulate what they are. And, and really, this is about the focus on the demand chain. You, we, if we recall Annette's previous point, which is not only were there just your traditional challenges within supply chain operations you had to deal with, but you also saw these strange or abnormal demand patterns, which also manifested by way of shifts in demand where she may have expected demand and, and, and peaks for certain types of books, certain types of literature, certain types of novels to manifest in one season. Here they are manifested in a totally different season, off cycle, if you will. So now there's the need to be able to say, how can I begin to not only sense when those demand patterns are going to change, but how can I also help to shape and adjust those? And so when we think about this forward-looking approach, 
we have to make sure that we bring the emphasis back to the demand chain, not just focusing on the supply side of things, so that that's going to help us ensure that we not only meet consumers' expectations, but we also have the ability to exceed those without having to have Herculean efforts. Uh, another important trend covered in the report was remote work and social distancing, necessitated, of course, by, by, by regulation. Annette, this question is for you. How have successful organizations responded, and in your opinion, will it impact the future of work? In terms of remote work or work from home, that's really exciting. I really think that's, that's, that's something that I'm glad it kind of pushed us into that change. Um, so most some of our people are in customer service or logistics and some of those support areas. And so like, let's say you had a snow day in one area. If you had customer service people, then now they can actually work from home. And we didn't quite have that technology, but we had a lot of snow days this year and ice. And so we were able to say to the folks on site, okay, we're going to close that shift or come in four hours late. However, the folks who were remote or working from home were still able to answer all the questions that our customers had um, and work with the facilities that that were still open. The other thing that I really like, and I know we all get a little bit of the Zoom or WebEx or Teams fatigue, but if you can imagine, our headquarters is in Manhattan. And so I'm at our operations center, which is in Maryland. And typically how a meeting might go is there may be 10 people in a conference room in New York and one or two of us in the, you know, in another conference room here. And at times, someone has to look over at the screen that we're there. So now we're all little squares on the screen. And so we kind of have a little bit more of a voice. And I really like that. I don't know what's going to happen in the future, but I'm, I'm hoping that in some cases we still have meetings like that. So I'm really hoping we do that. So keeping in the topic of workforce in the pandemic, what kind of data did we see, Thomas? The results of this year's survey are consistent with those from prior years. When it comes to supply chain challenges, respondents continue to report that their greatest challenge is hiring and retaining qualified workers. 52% of respondents rate that as challenging, extremely challenging, or very challenging. Close behind is forecasting at 48%, and the category of customer requirements in which customers continually expect and demand faster response times at lower cost. 39% ranked supply chain disruptions as extremely or very challenging, not surprising following the pandemic. When the findings of this report make clear is that data and technology are essential components needed to power supply chains of the future. Another essential component will be the people it takes to run these next generation supply chains and the skill sets necessary to connect them to digital supply chain technology. A few words about the critical skill sets. Digital technologies used in supply chains are constantly evolving. So the skill sets required to support the technologies must also evolve. For this reason, many companies are targeting more general skill sets better suited for dynamic work environments. We like to call those supply chain athletes. This point is further supported by this year's survey responses that highlight the three most critical skill sets over the next five years. First, project management and leadership. Next, strategic problem solving skills and critical thinking. And third, supply chain management and analytics, modeling and process improvement. 
It's also important to note that 33% of respondents say they are reskilling their current workforce and recruiting to meet these critical skill sets. One compelling finding this year is that the degree to which emerging technologies can drive competitive advantage actually decreased, even though it's still strong. What does that tell you about our industry, Dr. Bradley? Reality is actually starting to set in to where we're beginning to realize that though we may have possession of technologies, possession alone is not sufficient to give us that competitive posture that we're going to need. Uh, go back to the 49% uptick that we saw in terms of those who are going to be investing more. And then when you consider that large percentage that was going to invest at least a million dollars, even beyond the pandemic, what it's saying is that you're going to have a populace of organizations that already have the same things that you have. So possession won't get you there. The question is now, how do I leverage it? How do I leverage it differently? Or how do I leverage it in such a way that it gives me a, a certain set of competencies or a set of core capabilities where I either get products and services to market faster or I get products and services in the market that look different than those that are following. And that's how you not only get a competitive advantage, but it's how you sustain it. And so I, I'm really excited to see the fact that we see that decrease there because I don't think that's a bad thing. I think that's a good thing where it's an industry that's now starting to mature and fully understand that these innovative technologies are intended to be strategic levers rather than just operational assets. The number one barrier identified in the survey for, for adopting these technologies is actually the ability to develop a compelling business case. What do you think, Annette? Uh, how can organizations overcome this obstacle? I am going to tag on also to what Randy said. So we typically what happens in a business case is that you typically look at your area, or you look at efficiencies, um, and you're gonna you're gonna try to pay that back with labor savings or or something like that, or cost reduction. And really, you need to go to those core competencies. So what Randy just said, you look at your core competencies. So so why can't we justify something based on if I put this in, I will gain this core competency or this one? And then the other thing that I don't think we do all the time is we don't go and find outside of our area, what's the business case? So, and I would tell you, if you want to talk about e-commerce investment, go to the person who's in charge of your of your e-commerce platform or in charge of that P&L and ask them, well, what do you need from me to be able to create your business case and grow? So if you can get to that growth, then sell your investment based on growth or reduction in inventory or better management inventory or turnover because that's, that's a better way to do the investment. And then if you get those people on your side, then they're actually helping you justify your investments. So those would be my tips. Go make some friends in the other areas. And then I, I fully agree with that. And I love the idea of let's identify partners across the organizations that whether they have similar needs or where they have different needs, but yet those needs, though tangential, are still connected. Because what you're doing, you're creating evangelists for this. We all know that a business case isn't just approved because we put it in front of a set of decision makers. It's really about the socialization of that business case during in the hallways before it ever becomes a vote in the boardroom. And so when you get multiple areas engaged and involved, and when someone else's pet project becomes the basis of your business case, it's almost a shoe in. Because now we can demonstrate how we contribute to both top line and bottom line, and not just those aspects that those of us in the supply chain are focused on. 
Yeah, that was another theme in the report this year. And we saw a lot of operators strengthening relationships with suppliers to sort of, you know, raise all ships. Uh, Dr. Bradley, you contributed uh, a quote in the report this year that really encapsulates the theme of respond, recover, and thrive. Uh, And specifically what you said was, what good is it to recover from a pandemic if you don't come out any better than where you were when you went in? Can, can you elaborate on that? When we have any type of natural uh, disaster type event, the, the mindset or the typical mindset is let's rally the troops and let's weather the storm. And the challenge is we're no better prepared for the next storm than we were for this storm. And so that's the concern and that's sort of the caution that we give to organizations when if the focus is just on surviving it, then you look no different. Your capabilities aren't any better. You might have a greater understanding of what you can handle, but you didn't necessarily shore up where there were gaps, whether there was gaps in your business continuity plan or your disaster recovery plans. And so we saw some organizations who were better prepared, some in the CPG space where they just had just really detailed uh, business continuity plans and disaster recovery plans. And so when this hit, it shocked them, but it, was a, it wasn't a shock that paralyzed them. It was a shock that really mobilized them. And so what we're saying is, yes, you can, if you view the pandemic as a staging area or a prep area for innovation and a test bed, you come out looking so much better than you did when you win it. Well, I tell you, as we draw to a close, I want to extend much gratitude on behalf of the entire MHI community. Thank you to the three of you for sharing what you did. These insights will no doubt be uh, extremely valuable for you, your peers, and this entire industry. So thank you again. And thank you if you're listening from your car, at home, in your office. If any of these concepts pique your curiosity, guess what? They're all explored in further detail in this year's annual report and the next gen supply chain update series, which of course, this is a series that will be released on MHI view over the course of the next year. And make sure as you wait for these videos to be released, the 2021 annual industry report, it's available now. You can you can download it at no cost at MHI.org publications slash report. There you can find next steps, including identifying and managing your priorities to develop an action plan, how to strategically invest in technologies needed to make your operation more digital, and how to develop a customer experience mindset. While you're at it, you can also measure your supply chain digital consciousness index at mhi.org DCI. At MHI, we never stop exploring new opportunities to help you take your manufacturing and supply chain operations to that next level of success. So thank you for making us a part of your professional development journey.